Hello, darlings. Welcome back. I'm so, so excited to finally have my next guest on my podcast. He is an incredibly talented international DJ, direct from lovely Canada. And within that wild world, he is a rarity in terms of his lifestyle, ideology, and persona. On top of that, he's a massive hands-on animal advocate, founder of a nonprofit called Rescue All Dogs, aka Rad, and where he has personally been literally hands-on involved in the rescuing of many innocent dogs, helping them through recovery and finding them permanent homes. So please welcome my dear friend, DJ Yossi. Did I say that right? <laughs> you did. Yeah, I did. I'm like the worst with names. It doesn't matter how many years I've known someone. I'm like, how do I say your name? <laughs> so I said, all right. Hi, Yossi. Perfect. How you perfect. doing? I'm good. I mean, I'm overall good, right? Surviving and yeah. uh, growing throughout this very growth-driven year. How about you? Uh, you know what? Same, same, same thing. I mean, I'm I'm keeping busy, right? Because I have to, or else mm. you lose your mind. So I'm keeping busy with the uh, rescue all dogs. I'm keeping busy training. I'm 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 taking the dogs out, my dogs out a lot. Also, I'm taking care of them as well. Nice. Uh, we have a routine, and that's it. I mean, like, look, what else can you do, right? I'm, I do my, I do other things also. I try to do some real estate. I try to do some stocks and uh, I try to keep busy as much as I can. You just reminded me that I've had my real estate class that I basically put aside <laughs> for the past two months that I should kind of pick up again. Good point. Okay. Yeah, actually I should Definitely. do that. Thanks, thanks for the reminder. Thank you for that. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you're keeping busy because obviously you're in Canada. So that's like a whole yeah. different. In Montreal. Oh, you're in Montreal. How? Yeah. Well, she's what is it is Canada. Yeah, but I'm I'm in Montreal. But do you do you feel like saying Montreal? Does it feel different than being like in Vancouver, let's say, or like no, where, no. what other city is there? It's, I'm like, what other city is there? It's, it's, it's a different province, right? Mm. Don't forget. You know, it, it, it's funny, but but um, just so you, so you know, Canada overall has about thirty-seven to thirty-nine. I'm not sure exactly the number exactly the number, but between thirty-seven to thirty-nine million people that That's live in canada but no but california alone has close to 40 million wait what how did yeah. i not know this but you guys are so much larger than us is it because you're mostly like nature a is lot that... of nature <laughs> i know a, I was lot about to say, a lot of beautiful nature yeah, that's probably we what it is. A lot of nature. Yeah, but that's that's what it is. We we're we're, we're basically California. Oh that's God. what it is. Yeah, only better at this point. Oh my God, don't even get me started. <laughs> like, oh, I, I mean, I mean it's funny because we thing. met in California, sure. so you remember Cali, yeah. but you you came in a really good time, and now I mean, I just well, I, I don't even know. I've been coming. <laughs> to, uh, I've, been, I've, I've been coming to Cali for what, like 10, 11 years already, like. Every year, I, I usually go like three, four times a year. Ugh. So, so is this the I first? Obviously, you the first year you haven't well, been here, right? Were you here last year? That's where, yeah. And I was here earlier this year. Oh my gosh! I was there from January for like January for like a month and a half, and then COVID hit, and then I'm like, and then, and that's it. And then our lives no changed. <laughs> like yeah. me, I was in Miami, and then COVID hit, and I was like, what? Oh my god! Well, we prevail, as you say. Yeah. You keep busy. We try and do what we can, and we keep trying to live yeah. our lives as much as we can. Which, we, on that we have note, no choice. We have we no have choice. To. I know that people are like actually 
choosing to kind of fall down the rabbit hole. I've seen it. There's like, I've had this conversation with friends where I feel like there's no gray area. Like you're either doing, trying to do as best as you can, or you're like gaining 50,000 pounds and being really depressed and getting really drunk. And it's like, there's no middle ground, but it's like, why do that? Why not try to like overcome the but it's hard for it, it, You know, I, I feel like it's hard for people because there's no motivation. And Except the, survival. The, the everyday life, well, I mean, the everyday life that they used to have is not there anymore. So yeah. their work is not there. The, 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 social, the social aspect of it is not there anymore. So it's like, as much as you want to motivate yourself to try to do things, go to the gym and all that stuff, but you just can't, it's hard to motivate, motivate mm. yourself sometimes. I actually I thought, people. I think I was going to, I, did I not, I probably didn't send it to you, but I thought of you when I saw this video, something I just saw when I woke up from like Joe Rogan, where he posted, I don't know if he made it, but he posted this video that showed all these different, um, Californian, whatever government governor and this and this and that, like different politicians talking about wearing the mask and staying inside and how they'll turn off your electricity and your water. If you have more than 10 people. And yet, they were out protesting, you know, with protesters, which whatever, like regardless of political stance, like I get that. But how are you going to say that you can't see your family in the holidays when people are committing suicide from depression? How can you say you can't go to work and live your life and not provide for people, but yet ask them to do that? And then they caught these politicians doing that anyways. So it's like the hypocrisy is mind blowing. I mean, I want to again, I don't want to go down that negative rabbit hole, but I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> like my mind just like blew right there. I was like, this is it's happening. This is crap. You, you know, it, it, it's not only in the States. It's mm, what it's you guys see. It's it's happening here, too. It's exactly <laughs> the same situation, like text by text. It's whatever you guys are, are, are going through. We're do, we're doing the same thing. It's like there's nothing in, in, in like there's nothing different. It's like. No gyms, we don't have the gyms. No bars, we don't have the bars either. Like, it's exactly the same narrative. And that's what, to me, I find very confusing and very weird mm. because I'm like, usually every state, every province should have their own way of managing it. Of course. But no. And they're not, and, 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 and what, what, what bothers us a lot over here is that they don't give us the numbers. They don't want to give us the numbers. They just, just tell you, you have to do this and that's it. Yeah. They don't tell us how many people are actually dead, how many cases there actually are. Um, they're just saying, well, you're red zone or orange or you're or zone orange, whatever it is. And they started doing that all over Canada. And I think also with you guys, they started doing that too. Like oh, they started considering but I don't you even guys trust it. zones. I don't even trust it. I mean, like not to even be conspiracy theorists, but I don't even trust it. I'm like... I, mm. you know why why you know why we don't trust it it's because we feel like something is not honest and it's that's interesting because that's like your bio that's biology right there when your body it's kind of almost like when you meet someone and you have that weird feeling where you're like mm, like your body's rejecting someone i believe that you that's know, true it, i'm rejecting this yeah. theory i mean <laughs> if you're talking to me if you're telling me stuff but you're giving me facts and everything else and you're giving me reason to trust you, it's one thing. But if you're telling me other th something else and you're just not giving me any reason, any facts, I'll, I'll doubt you. I'm or not, you're getting caught in the, in the lie because you're being a hypocrite. Yeah. I heard, though, that in your country, they're at least financially helping you out. Is that true? Or am yeah, I just are. like dreaming? They are. Oh, oh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That, that's that's. We got like one they, check. 
twelve hundred dollars. I mean, <laughs> but not, not anybody, right? Oh yeah, it's true. I not everybody. That doesn't even cover rent. Oh, I, <laughs> like, I know. Maybe if you live on no, a couch. No, but we get help. Oh, okay, we'll see. We that's get help. One thing. We got help. We got we got a lot of help. But also, don't forget, like I said before, I think the population, the number of the of the people that live in Canada compared to the states, is I I, I think that affects it as well. Because mm. I mean, like I said, we're only like between what thirty-seven to thirty-nine million people, so it's easier for the government to help in one country us. I'm, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. that's what I think. It's easier to help us compared to you guys where, forget it, the states, like like I said before, Cal- just California has 40 million people almost. But I feel like I, in I'm, terms I'm of saying. what we make and what we give back with taxes and like revenue and all stuff, like it should balance out is what I think in theory. Again, I am not uh, knowledgeable per se in that, word, in that world of money and politics, but it's just what my logic thinks, you know? But I digress. I love this because I have. OK, so you if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that I this is very improv. But I do have like a little bit of a bullet point thing going on with each of my guests. And it's funny, the Canadian conversation was supposed to be the last piece of our combo. But of course, we had to dive into it. Are you kidding me? It's you okay. and I are talking about politics. It's like impossible not to. Plus, it's like it's, it's on the tip of my I mean, tongue of just annoyance at this point. In my I mean, life. I don't think we're talking. I don't think we're talking about. I mean, yeah, we're talking about politics. Well, but we're not really. Yeah, but I mean, we're, we're, we're just trying to, I think between you and me, we're just, because we're just frustrated that we're not getting the real answers. Yes. That's yes. what frustrates us. And also just in terms and, of and, livelihood, like a part, we've had this conversation where I'm like, oh my God, I kind of want to move. I want to take my family and go somewhere. But it's like, where do you go? It's like you said, it's, it's everywhere in, di- in different ways. I mean, in sim- mostly similar ways, but then in different little things like, yeah, you're getting a little bit of financial help. We're not. But it's still the same narrative. So it's like, where do I go? An island yeah. where it doesn't even exist? Like, I don't know. So it's just, it's not fair that I have to dictate my life or my family's life on this global narrative that doesn't fully make sense. Like, there's not all like full facts. So that kind of sucks. And I think that's where, you know, even with someone like you, I'm like, should I move to Canada? That's kind of where the conversation therein lies. I mean, you could but it's, <laughs> it's, am i it's even allowed a, i don't even think i'm allowed they're like you're not well, welcome here you're american i mean i'm not american but you know in theory i'm american i guess yeah but i mean no, i don't know I don't never know. busting out my like, american and, I, and, and and i've seen a lot more people on so a lot more people on social media just posting about these things now it's like you didn't see that march april may you see mm-hmm. but now all of a sudden you see a lot more people posting and like saying how it's unfair and how they don't get it it's confusing and questioning finally and, questioning exactly. yeah and especially when i mean when I, I saw i saw your governor apparently going to a birthday party oh my god here i go he went to french laundry which is on my list of places to go because i'm such a foodie michelin star let's go i've done a, i've been to a couple of michelin star restaurants i love it but you're the governor of this uh, uh, like state i was about to say country because that's what cali feels like a state that is in an economic crisis you're telling people they can't work you're telling them they have to stay home you're telling them they can't even see their family members but you decide to go to a birthday party and his excuse was everything that's why i was sending you this video he was like oh i thought it was going to be outside so it wasn't that he knew he should stay home is that he thought it was going to be outside Bull crap, and the video is just like I mean, I, I wanted to go through the video camera and just be like, but you know, like it's, it's just it's but, tough. But 
But, but you know what? Yeah, with that in mind, with that in mind, I just I still am at all about, you know, someone like you with everything going on with your trials and tribulations of the year. I don't know if this and this goes back to the, what I really want to talk about, which is your what I think is your ideology, your lifestyle, your persona that I've gotten to know and I'm keep I keep getting to know that I'm at all in, which is that you haven't flipped the the narrative that is you, the person and gone down that rabbit hole of like getting into a very negative, toxic state of mind, which a lot of our friends, especially in nightlife, especially with, you know, life being so different, topsy-turvy, have done. And I think that it doesn't matter if you're in an entertainment or nightlife, just as a human in general, it's so easy to take all these negative things that are happening in the world and feel like I'm going to go get drunk. I'm going to go do drugs. I'm going to lose myself. I'm going to just fall into the rabbit hole because life sucks. It's that that constant battle of being a human, right? Where you're like, unlike animals, like a human has to constantly decide, do I fall into this toxic lifestyle to succumb all the crap that's going on? And you've never even had this as a choice. And I'm fascinated by it. And I want you to dive into that to the to people listening, because me and a lot of my listeners have gone up and down this rabbit hole. So I've been curious. Tell me. I, I, Why? Look, I, started DJing when, <laughs> I, I, I started DJing when I was like uh, 13 years old, right? So to me, the music, and I've loved it ever since. It was always a passion. And I think the music was all I needed. I didn't mm. need anything else. Uh, I, I've tried drinking. I tried smoking. I, I, I tried once a, a little bit of everything. Right. But I realized it was, I, I didn't need it. I just n- never needed it. I was always happy just DJing and playing music and music. The music is all, has always been my passion mm. and it's always been inside of me. So I, I didn't feel the, the need to have anything else, to, to be honest with you, or to try anything else, even though all my friends and everybody else, especially in the, I mean, oh my night, God, in our like, industry, are you kidding me? <laughs> you're surrounded with people like are doing drugs, like drinking, all that stuff. So there's always, there's always pressure, but for some reason I was always, level-headed enough to be like i don't want it i don't need it i'm i'm fine the way i am mm-hmm. and I, I i think it helped me a lot as well because it helped me a lot in terms of building my businesses uh i, I mean I, I i became an entrepreneur even though i didn't know that i was one i actually became one um you know i have restaurants i have an event company i i dj i travel for that as well uh we do rad we do the rescue all dog things I do other things. Like I, I try to put my hands in a little, a little bit. I invest a little bit everywhere just to be able to have different kind of incomes coming in. So it doesn't have to be only one specific income coming in. Mm, uh, wonderful. So I've always been trying to be level headed that way. Um, but again, it, the, the nightlife to me was a business. It was never party. It was, I would go DJ and my job was to make people have a good time. So I was never focused on anything else but the music and the people and making them have a blast and making sure that the, 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 the club, restaurant, whatever it was I was DJing at was making their money at the end of the day. So I was always thinking, I was always thinking the DJing as a business more than anything else. More than a lifestyle. It wasn't yeah. like, a, like a lifestyle. But yeah, you know what? It's interesting you said that because towards the end before COVID, even though I had been DJing already for a minute, but I had been in nightlife for decades. That's how I started to feel. It was a business. It was like, I go, I do my job. 
I have I have fun doing it because I love music, but I'm out. Like I didn't want to stay yeah. and continue. It wasn't the lifestyle. In fact, that's why I was, you know, that's a whole another conversation that I've definitely had on this podcast where that that's where I lost myself is the lifestyle. But we're back. We're living our truths. I love that you said that, though, but I wonder and I say this as in, a, in a devil advocate kind of way, because I've been researching a lot, especially for the show and just to be able to talk about it more and more. But I've researched a lot about different what I entail addictions and everything could be anything from your addiction to people, food, sex, uh, drugs, whatever, alcohol, especially in our industry with nightlife and whatnot. And I realize it's not necessarily unless you're literally talking about like heroin or something, which is chemical based, but most of it is really mental based. Like if you're not healing your traumas and you're not healing your inner, like inner issues could be anything from like childhood issues to even adult issues, whatever, but your inner issues, you, you tend to escape. It's like escape escapism. I guess you can say, I personally felt that in nightlife because I hated promoting. It was like, I had to do it because I was so good at it and I made so much money, but I, it wasn't what I love versus the music. When I started DJing, when I found that, it was like, oh my God, that became my escapism is within that world. Right. But I wonder if with you, like you said, you tried it, you didn't care for it, but you're for you, the music and the business aspect was what you loved. Would you say that you've, Maybe in every aspect of your life, maybe you don't really feel too much. Um, so I'm thinking in Spanish and trying to say in English, <laughs> like eh, you don't you feel like you don't have a lot of things. I mean, we all have things to work on, but you don't feel like you have a lot of heavy things to work on that you need a sense oh, no, of no, escape. No. I always want to work. Oh, I always, I, no, but in your I, inner I'm self, my, your inner I'm self. Always, I, I'm, I, oh, do I'm tell. OK, no, tell no, me. No, I, I'm very hard on myself. <laughs> I'm very hard on myself. Oh, um, but again, I, I'm hard on myself, like because I'm, I'm, I'm very much like I'm not a perfectionist in a way where I'm like I'm too crazy on doing things properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to make sure that what I do, I love it, I have fun doing it. That's nice. that's, that's my the goal, my, man. That's my priority. Yes. So when it comes to DJing, like I said, it's a business, but yes, it's a business. In my mind, it's a business, but in my heart, I I'm it's like my passion. So I do it because I love it. And I've always done it because I loved it. And I've done so many gigs for free. Uh never asked money. Like it's it's not it was never at the beginning, it was never about the money. It was never about the money. It was always mm-hmm. because it gave me a t- I was so shy when I was a kid and an introvert that the music was and that was my escape so for some people you drinking, were shy i'm like i can't picture it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, mm. uh, you know like the, for some people i get it like their escape is probably alcohol what? drugs whatever it is yeah my escape was always the music my escape was always playing music djing and, and it's still my passion today like i'll still go and I'll have, I have a room in my house and I'll just practice. I just mm. want to practice and I'll just practice and that's it. But I guess I just, I just love it so much. So I, I was able, I was fortunate enough also to combine both together, right? The business aspect and the fact that I love it. And that was my passion. And, <sighs> and, and, and I was lucky enough to do it. And I was lucky enough that it brought me to other places in my life and meet, make me meet so many people and make me do all these kinds of events that I've, that I've, I, I would have never dreamt I was able to do. And I've done them. It was just, it's, I think it's because I, so, I loved it so much and I still love it so much that it, it, it comes out when I'm DJing. 
up a hundred and twenty percent. I feel like, and I can say this because I've I've experienced it from a, the audience point of view and from behind the DJ booth. I definitely can tell when a DJ is really putting what energy they're putting into their set, and uh, and I've seen both ends of it. I've seen the the not really into it, and it 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 transfers into like you're not as the audience, you're not really into it. Why am I even listening to you? To the person that's really, really vibing with their own set. And so you're vibing and just it becomes like this one big, like amazing piece of energy. So yeah, I see it. I see it. Well, it's interesting because yeah, you said yeah, you started I- you started young. So like at, at what point in that journey did you say, all right, I love what I'm doing. I'm doing it's transferred into a business. But now I have another passion because I genuinely believe you're, I know you are incredibly passionate about your rescue and about rescuing oh, yeah. animals. So at what point in that journey for you, did you say, okay, now I need to do this and why? So I'll, I'll tell you a little story. Um, Please. I, I, I got bit by a dog when I was 12. What? So <laughs> I hated, I hated dogs. Oh my God. Okay. Like I was, I was, well, no, let's not say hated. I was scared of dogs. Like okay. I was just terrified. Of understandable. Dogs. Understandable. And I, so like, because I was just standing, I was at my cousin's house and I was just standing there and he had a, the neighbor's dog that I was at, at his place and it just attacked me for no reason. Oh. And from that point on, I was just traumatized with dogs. It wasn't until I got Tyson with my ex-girlfriend with and and he's the one that really changed everything for me. Like I How never old is thought Tyson? I, Tyson is six years old now. A, so I've had Tyson for six years. Oh my gosh. And I've never I never thought I honestly never thought that I would have so much love and such a love for an animal. Mm. Like I've I I I I think I was in love once with a girl in my life, but Tyson surpasses every other person I love. Like it's crazy how much I love him so much more than a lot of people around me. And you don't have crazy. to explain it to me. <laughs> it's, Cause it's, I, 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 maybe it's a dog parent thing, but I, I get that on so many levels with my dog. Like it's a point where and, it's weird to even call her a dog. So I'm like, eh, she's my baby. But, but you know what? Before before being a dog lover, you see people with their dogs, and you're like, and the way they are, and you're like, oh wow, okay, these people need help. You know, it's like, <laughs> but then when you become one, it's like you get it. You don't know what you're missing until you actually feel this. What would you say? What would you? What would you? If you could try to put it in words, what is that feeling that you feel? I mean, obviously, is it unconditional love? Is it just like I know how I define it sometimes to people that aren't dog people when I try to explain where this but what was it for you you know like how would you describe it if you could it's well like you said unconditional number one mm. it's such a warm love as well um I think about it every time I'm not I, when I'm not home I think about him every every second of the day just to make sure he's okay yeah oh. um but I try to take now I have two right but like, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's like, I get, I don't, I don't have kids, so I don't know how it is to have kids. Mm. But if what I feel now is the same thing about like having kids, then it's, 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 I don't know. It's, to me, it's just. Daddy Yossi. 
<laughs> um, yeah. Hey. I, 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 I don't even know how to explain because I love I love them so much. They're literally like I would do anything for my dogs. Like, tell, tell me if this is myself. how it is because this is how I explain it. I feel like you being, you know, such an advocate. Let's see if you agree. I always say that it's like because my mother's always like, oh, when you have kids, you know, she's not a typical Latina mom. She's so excited for me to have kids when I'm like, I couldn't be any more single. So like, let's put a pin on that. But she's like, it's literally like that unconditional love for motherly love. And I guess for you, for being a dad where I don't, it doesn't matter what I look like, what I'm wearing, how much money I have in my bank account, whether or not I'm in a bad mood, my dog sees me the second I walk through that door. And it's like just endless happiness and excitement to just be next to you and be like with you regardless. And it's just like, Oh my God. And it pours that love. So yeah, of course we're thinking about our dogs 24 seven. We want the best for them. You know, just like, I can't understand people and I'm sure you deal with this with rad, but I don't understand humans or I guess soulless humans that can just adopt an animal, bring them into their home and fi- family and then just abandon them for whatever reason or mistreat them for whatever. I, it boils my blood. It boils my blood more than reading about human stuff and not because whatever, but like, I'm sorry, like animals can't speak for themselves. I choose to speak for animals. And also because there's just like you said, it's that amazing innocent love like how can anyone hurt that or you know i, I, mean? I like, don't oh. know i don't know i, I, I think it's the only time you and i talk about being violent and we're just like the infuriating like how is you know what i mean like oof i i don't i, I don't know either I, I, I seriously i don't like this girl right here mm. willow so i got her off a shelter in la uh, just so you guys April. know, because you can't see this video yet. I wish you could. I promise you I'm going to start doing videos soon. But the cutest, she's just like on him sitting down with her little face, little like, hi, dad, <laughs> licking your face right now. First of all, it's OK. Yes. Continue. <laughs> I love this girl. So I got her. I got her off a shelter in L.A. Mm. And she was supposed to be euthanized like that day or the next day. I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't going there to, to, to get a dog. I was just going there to film, to, to post on social media. So people could be aware of what's happening in shelters, you know, mm. like in kill shelters, like there's so yeah. many dogs and they need adoption. They need rescuing. Mm. Uh, but this girl, for some reason, barked at me, like with a, a, such a little voice of hers, got my attention. I looked at her. I'm like, I'm like, what the hell are you doing here? Mm. I go to her. She's literally just at the cage with a little pause, looking at me with her eyes. No, I can't. And I'm like, wow, okay, why are you here? I stay with her for like 10 minutes. I go to the front desk. I'm like, look, this, I gave him the number of the cage. I'm like, I want this dog. Nope, she's aggressive. I'm like, what do you mean she's aggressive? Well, that's what, on her file, she's aggressive. She's an aggressive dog. We can't give it to you. What? That uh, does not look aggressive right now to me, by the way, people. She just looks she like she's just looking the hell at you. <laughs> So I went back to the cage, spent another 10 minutes with her. I go back to the front desk. I'm like, look, I'm part of a rescue out in Montreal in Canada. I want this dog. Mm-hmm. I want to bring her back to Montreal. They, they said, so the, the director comes and comes and he interviews me. I get, I get her. So we take, I, I leave with her. She had no ounce of aggressiveness, none, when I took her in. She stayed at the end. I adopted her, I kept her. This girl is the sweetest thing ever. So, just to show you that maybe, yeah, she might she might have been aggressive with the prior owner, but the prior owner also probably like did something to her. her. Yeah, 
he probably did stuff to her for her to be that that kind of way with him. I she's never had any aggressiveness with us. None. She's been such a sweet girl. She's the sweetest girl. Babies, other dogs, adults, every. every she's the sweetest thing. Anybody that meets her will tell you she's the sweetest thing. So I have a feeling that at the end of the day, it's how you treat your dog. Mm. You understand? To me, that's the way I see it. And people that 120%. treat their dogs bad. You know, I don't know. And, and dogs are sensitive to energy. Energy is yep. real. And like, I mean, it's like if I'm crying, my dog will come up to me and start licking my tears. Like, will sense that I am like not in a good place. Just like, I mean, I've never, maybe I spoiled my dog a bit too much because I never, I couldn't, I didn't, couldn't cage her. I never put her in like a crate. I never yelled at her. She was my baby. So like, I've always just, she doesn't know. Maybe I'm not an alpha, but maybe she just doesn't know what that's like. So she's very elusive to like, to the world being dangerous. So everything is like, oh, life is great, which in a way is kind of, uh, that's why I have to have it on a leash because she'll just like run out and be like, life is great. But that being said, I know of, of stories of dogs like that, of rescues where people were like, well, this dog was very shy or very scared or couldn't, didn't like being touched. And then little by little, because the rescuers were giving them so, giving so much love, they was like a completely different dog. You yeah. know, after like a couple of months or a year, it's like, because Yes, it's the way you treat them, the way you raise them, because they're so energy based. We don't speak the same language, but they understand. Yeah. They understand. So, oh, my. I mean, that just boils. Really my like, I can't go to a shelter because I'd probably bring them all home. It's happened. But, uh, Charlie's a foster fail. Well, <laughs> oh, well, there you go. <laughs> and you know that you. I want more dogs. So <laughs> I wish she's my, she's my little foster spell. And I, and I love oh. her so much. She fit. She fits so well with us, like so well. Tyson loves her. They're like they love each other so much. Oh but if coming back to what you're saying, if if you're just getting a dog just to get a dog to, to leave it outside or whatever mm -hmm. it is, or just thinking that a dog is going to take care of itself, it's just a dog. Don't get one. Just exactly. don't get one. Oh like, my god! Just exactly. don't get one. Like if you're not ready to, if you're not ready and prepared to take care of an animal be responsible for that animal 24, 24 hours a day, feed it properly, take it, exercise it. Uh, it. It is like a kid. It's like a baby. Yes. You know, it, 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 that's what it is. And you, you can't expect, you know, that it's going to learn right away what you want it to, 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 to want it to, to learn. You know what? It's going to poo in a house. It's going to pee in a house, but mm -hmm. it's normal. You just need patience. And, like a, like a baby, you need patience. It, you have to teach him things. A dog, you have to teach him things also. But if you don't have that patience, and if you don't want to have a dog to, 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 to do what I just told you, mm. just don't get one. Just don't get one. I love that you said that. And I love the, the analogy of saying like a child, because I've said this also about having kids. It's like people be like, oh, why don't you want to have kids? I'm like, because when I'm ready to have a kid, I don't want to have a kid and just throw it to the nanny or not take care of my kid. I have to be prepared. I was yeah. prepared to take care of my dog and I treat my dog like a child. At the end of the day, I can still leave her alone for a little bit with the doggy cam. I can't do that to a human kid. So there's yeah. levels, right? But 120%, if you are not ready to have the responsibility of a living being, of, which is what an animal is, a living being in your home, do not do it. 
the, uh, the returns that people do, like as if it was buying like a bag and when we return it to the store, same with the animals. I'm like, that's not the same. You cannot do that. I'm baffled when I see it. Cause I, you know, I, I think I've put you in touch, right? I like, I have, you know, with Brad and then I have my friends that also have uh, rescues out here in LA and I hear the horror stories and I see when people tell me how many people return dogs or give dogs back when they're seniors or because they had one little mishap or ailment or I can't afford it anymore. It's like, it's not how it works. Can't do that with a family member. Let's put grandpa back because I can't afford to take care. It doesn't work like that. You know what I mean? So no. I 100% agree. And I love that you said a, that for a, everybody it's, listening. It's a commit. It's a, it's, it's a commitment. These a dogs, are, these animals, commitment. These, well, these animals have feelings. Like people don't seem to understand. They have feelings. Like they, they're, I, I don't know any other person. I never had a girlfriend or a friend or whatever it is that I would come to their house every single day and they will greet me the way my dogs greet me. Like mm. I've never seen that. Or remember it's, you, let's go, universe forbid this to happen, but let's say you don't see them for a year or more. Like I remember when my dad left and then we saw him again, like three years later, my dog was freaking out of happiness the second he saw my dad. Like he never forgot my dad because they were close. Dogs don't forget. And they will always have that immense love and excitement. It's it's so wild to me. No matter how crappy of a like owner, I don't even want to use the term, but a crappy protector you can be, they'll still be like, I love you so much. But why not be the best like furry furry family member protector you can be ever, right? I mean, yeah. shoot, I cook for Charlie. I meal prep. I don't even meal prep for myself. <laughs> it's like, it's, that's right. what it's come down I mean, to. I, I, before I eat, I feed them. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. There's days where I'm like, I am just too tired to handle my life. But I'm like, but Charlie, you're getting some. You're getting the good okay. stuff. You're getting a little walk. You're getting some life. And then I'm back in bed. <laughs> so, like that's that exactly is 100 percent. Oh, well, see, it takes a real man to realize that. I'm going to put that right there. Oh. Oh, my gosh. Well, I, I love it because we've been talking about all, like that's that's to me one of the biggest things that I really admire about you. Obviously, you know, you as a whole, as a person, I think is awesome. We need more use in, in my life. But it takes a type of character to really see how I don't want to use the word wonderful, but just how overall like immensely gratifying it is to be kind and compassionate as a human being in general to living beings, especially animals. Because like you said, some people don't understand, like they'll think, Oh, animals are just whatever. They're not smart. They are. They're so smart. They have feelings, they have personalities and they have so much to give. So it, it takes a lot for someone to see that because it's a selfish thing. It's, it's selfless because you don't really gain much except this amazing companionship. People, it's not like they can give you money or whatever, like how people tend to use other living beings for, right? But like animals are just there to just give love. And it's just, yeah. oh, it's so freaking amazing. I, I love it. Is that, okay, so at this point, you have Tyson. Yeah, obviously you kept Tyson during this breakup, just like I kept yeah. Charlie during my breakup. Um, and at what point in that scenario did you say, okay, I wanna do a rescue? Because so, y'all, for y'all listening, just so you know, he, when I say he's hands-on, I mean, he's literally gone to 
areas and actually hands-on rescued with his team or vice versa, whatever. They literally rescued animals, some in the worst conditions and some in like, you know, from shelters went up and brought them back from the brink of like euthanization or just despair. And then they're like the happiest dogs. I mean, it's the sweetest thing to see. It brings tears to my eyes, but I'm like, oh my God, I want to do that. Where did this come from? So it came from my, um, from my partner, Kim. Uh, that's, Shout out to that's Kim. Yeah, exactly. Kim, honestly, Kim, Kim is the, the heart of gold. She's the mind of rad. Mm. Uh, I just do whatever Kim tells me. <laughs> yeah, Kim, <laughs> boss ass bitch. <laughs> whatever Kim wants to do, if she wants me to do, I'll just do it. Kim's uh, a lifestyle. <laughs> oh my God. Kim's, Kim's amazing. Um, I love it. So we, it, Kim was, was actually, um, Working with another rescue uh, in, in Vancouver. She lives in Vancouver. I live in Montreal. She lives in Vancouver. Oh, so, how far, uh, by the way, not to be ignorant, but what's the distance in terms of hour or like, I guess, comparison? So is that like San Francisco to me? So it's, it's very simple. Vancouver is Cali. Mm. Montreal is New York. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. I'm all like, yeah, it's two hours away. That's a five hour plane ride. Jesus, yeah. that's a long distance dating situation. Oh my God. All right, oh, I got it. It's not that bad. <laughs> uh, so so Kim is on the West Coast and I'm, in, and I'm in the East Coast. Okay, so you guys um, cover all the territories. Nice, I like it. Yeah, so, so she was working, she was, she was helping out another rescue. Uh, and I started, she was starting to post up on Instagram like that kind of hit me a lot in terms mm-hmm. of like dogs, obviously. And I would start, met, I would start like responding to the, to, to the images that she was post. And we started just communicating a little bit more in terms of like what was happening. She would, you know, I mean, she would update me and, 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 and kind of like educate me and what's happening around the world with, with dogs in general, like stray dogs, abandoned dogs, neglected dogs. Mm. And it bothered me. It really, 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 really started bothering me. You got to be pretty soulless uh, to not let that move you. Let me tell you, you'd be surprised. Yeah. I know people. I'm like, what? <laughs> Continue. And at that point, I'm like, look, I, I, I'm, I, I'd love to help you guys out. If I could do anything, whatever it is, let me know. So I started helping them out, like fundraise. Uh, I mean, obviously, because I was over here. I was in the East Coast during the West Coast. So the only thing I could really do is like either share posts or fundraise for them or when they had they needed help i could you know i i, I would repost whatever i could i could with for 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 my on my followers and then she decided to leave that rescue but she didn't want to leave the rescue world so mm. we kind of teamed up together and started rad and rescue all dogs and this was about what two almost three years ago now and it was only her and me. It was always only her and me. Um, I, start, I was doing a lot of the legwork, a lot of the groundwork. I would get a lot of dogs from shelters. I would bring them back. Uh, she would have a few cases also in, in, in Vancouver as well that she would take care of. Again, when we needed funds, because it's always about funds, right? When you rescue a dog, bed oh, care, yeah, bed the maintenance, all that stuff. Of course. You know, so needing fosters, uh, needing adopters, um, it, it so we had to do a lot. Her and I had to do a lot at the beginning. I think this year, especially, we had a lot of plans this year before COVID. And Ugh. when COVID hit, but when COVID hit, though, we're like, shit, 
forget it. We can't do anything anymore because we won't be able to travel. We won't be able to go, go to Lebanon like we had a plan to get dogs. But COVID hit and all of a sudden, there was a, more of a demand for dogs, obviously, because everyone's home. And we started saving dogs and our team started growing more and more and more. Um, and this year, I think we're like, I think we, we, we brought it back. We rescued about 60 dogs already this year alone. Oh. And, but the, the beauty of it is like, we went, to, we went to Manitoba, we drove all the way to Manitoba, which is like the middle of, of Canada. So it took us like 23 hours to get there, drive straight, 36 hours to come back because we had to do a lot of stops for the dogs. Uh, so we, we, drove, like, we brought back 22 dogs from there from, uh, from another rescue that we were working with. Then we had two trips, three trips to Lebanon this year mm -hmm. also that we did back to back. We brought a lot of dogs from there as well. Then we have random rescues that we have to do in either Montreal or Vancouver. Uh, people calling us, there's a dog over here, there's a stray dog. We're dealing with other rescues as well. And we ended up doing way more this year in terms of helping out dogs. And our team grew a lot more this year because I think people had more time to help and they wanted to help. Obviously, because of COVID, job situations or they, people had just had more time. Uh, so I think 2020 for Rescue All Dogs for Rad was actually a great year. To be honest, that's called silver lining right there. You yeah. literally looked at the glass half full, which you have to yeah. for your sanity, yeah. too. And yeah. actually hearing that makes me so happy. I was about to say, because I, I follow you guys on Instagram. I'm obviously follow you, but I mean, I follow Rad and I've seen the journeys of some of the rescues where like, I think it was the most recent. No, the most recent one where it was like a, it's a group of you. You took like two different cars or vans or trucks. I, I don't even you guys did like a road trip kind of vibe yeah. and you rescued that oh, there you go and i was like i personally and i've talked to you about this i want to start getting more hands-on involved with rescuing and whatnot even over here in la and uh and it was so inspiring and motivating to see that you guys were actually getting things done even with everything happening with lockdowns and i, I mean like i could see and i do feel like it's the best time for people to start fostering and for potentially start adopting, if you, like you say, if they can handle it, of course, with yeah. financial stuff and whatnot. But what better time than now where you have a little more time on your hands than we most usually do? It's also cash 22, right? Because yes, mm. they do have a little more time on their hands right now, but we're but just financial worried aspect. what's going to happen. Or, well, we're just worried what happens after COVID. Well, how do you, well, can't you like, kind of determine is it like a cycle how does that work is it a psych psychological aspect of who gets to adopt because for me for example i was fostering her but also they knew me really well the rescue people because my so, friend's company so they're like pam's great with animals duh but i don't know how does it work with everybody else so um how kim and one of our volunteers tenny are the ones that look at the adoption papers mm. okay so first of all we get the fosters first and then we get the adoption papers um, they literally, we do home checks all the time. We, we go and check the homes first before we give out dogs to either fosters or to adopters. Oh, nice. There's another thing also that is very important to notice is that 
even if you don't want a dog, if, if you adopt one of our dogs, two years from now you decide, look, I can't for X reason, you are now not allowed to, to, to just dump the dog somewhere else. You have to give it back to us. We're, we want, we're responsible for that dog for the moment. It gets to you. I'm so, sorry about that. I was like, we're, that's we're, a good photo. <laughs> yeah. No, we're responsible for that dog. His video could have We're responsible for that dog the moment it gets to you. And if ever something happens, we're so responsible for that dog afterwards. Oh, good. So we want to make sure, we want to make sure that that dog is handled well, no matter what. For the and rest we of try his life. To, we, yeah. Or his or her's and legs. We, yeah, of but, course. But hopefully what we like to do is choose the adopter properly so it, the adopter keeps that dog for life. <sighs> I mean, I can't even... And I refuse to even think about the day that Charlie's not with me because for me, she has to live forever. But yeah, again, people, we say it again and again, this is a commitment. This is not yeah. a fleeting feeling. This is a commitment. And a well, yeah. the, mo- the best investment I've ever had in my life is taking care of my dog. Just like now taking care of my health too so that I can live a long life so I can take care of Charlie. But, <laughs> but that being said, um, I really, okay, so I asked this to everybody because you've been giving so much amazing information, valid information and very growth-driven information. But I, in an overall like life consensus for anyone listening, doesn't matter age, gender, where you live, whatever. What would you say off the top of your head? It could be simple. It could be not simple, whatever. Best advice that you feel like you want to tell the world today that you would give people right now through the podcast? Little piece Keep of your head up. Oof. Keep your head up. Be kind and keep going. Yo, I want to go through the thing and give you a hug. <laughs> I love that because it's true and people don't realize it. Every day. Yeah, I mean, with everything, with everything that's happening today, it's it's very it's it's very easy to like you said before, like get into that spiral. Mm. It's it's you just have to keep your head up and keep going. That what's, that's that's really that's really what you need to do. What's one way and that you keep your head up and you stay kind and you stay? Grounded? Oh, my dogs! My, my it's because my dogs. There you go. You see, you guys, <laughs> full circle, full circle. Dogs. You should adopt the dog if you commit and you can re- take responsibility. And then it's an overall 360 or is it 365? <laughs> math. It's an overall 360, yeah. 360 right? Okay. Yeah. I was like, yeah. that was not my strong suit growing up. But yes, yeah, 360 of like just domino effect of happiness. They take care of you. You take yeah. care of them. It's, oh my God, I love it. it just yes. be, and honestly, just be kind. Just be kind. There's no, there's no need to, to be at something else. Just be kind. And, and like, I, 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 I'm actually, I'm so grateful to have them, especially during times like this, mm. like these, because I don't have a girlfriend. I'm, I'm alone at my house, but I have my dogs. Shout out, he's single, you guys. But it's true because they keep me company, right? And, yeah. and it's, it's the greatest company I could ask for. It's like, I take care of them. They take care of me in a way as well. We go, we, uh, they make me need to go out for them to exercise them so we go for a walk so it keeps me it keeps me busy it's so interesting you said that because this year i you know i again full disclosure because i've talked about this on the podcast like i decided to be celibate i decided to be sober for x x amount of time like this whole year has been just a growth year and deciding not to date towards the beginning 
pre-birthday. Maybe that might have changed. I'm single again. Anyways, long story short, the one thing that really kept me grounded was my dog. Like it was such a motivation and I didn't, I almost feel too comfortable being quote unquote alone in my house because I don't feel alone. I don't feel alone in general now that I've grown in terms of self-love like me myself, but having that physical companionship with my dog is like, it's almost even like how I talked about energy. Like we sleep in the same bed together. I feel her there. I feel her warmth and her love and her comfort. Like I'll talk to my dog. Like it's an actual, like understanding me human. Like we're having full on conversations or like jokes. And it's like, I feel this connection that I feel like most people tend to look for in other people, but it's such a, that to me is more of a fleeting relationship because you know, people come and go, you never know versus the connection I have with my dog. It's like unbreakable. It's just, oh, I it love it. We on the same page. <laughs> yep. Yossi, thank you so much. I definitely, I'm so grateful to have had you finally. I mean, we've been playing this cat and mouse game to get you on the podcast forever, but I'm so grateful to no, have had you. you. So much. No, thank you. And we are going to have you back on another time and hopefully, uh, hopefully back in LA and we can like DJ and stuff yeah. together. Or I'm going to go to Canada. Je pas français. Whatever, I'm coming. I do. We've we've spoken some French together. Je parle yeah. avec toi, no? Yeah. Hey, for, for my Parisian, I see you uh, metrics for my Parisian listeners out there. Il parle français, je parle français. Nous parlons avec. No, now you lost me. <laughs> that was that. well. It was good. It was good, right? Oh, thank you. Yeah. And um, I'll be talking to you soon. And for everybody else out there, we just want to say. We're going to see you on the flip side. So thank you, everyone. Oh, yeah.